My name is Per Thomas Eriksson from Värmland in Sweden and I play the fiddle. And my name is Passi Passanen and I live in Karlstad, Värmland in Sweden and I play the accordion. And now to how we met. Um, per Thomas was a class teacher before and um, I worked in the same municipality um, of Sunne, the little town of Sunne, as a music teacher. And I got to have extra music lessons. They had a, a drive for that. Make a, a, they call it a culture class. Mm. So I was attending Per Thomas's and his colleagues' class with extra music. And there was another teacher doing art, another teacher doing dance. And we found out that uh, they they played lots of uh, music in the classroom, and I play the accordion, and Patumas play the fiddle. So we just uh, interacted. Yeah, we interacted, <laughs> and, and then we said maybe we should play uh, play together sometime. Yeah. Yes, why don't we do that? Yeah. We just met up, and what tunes do you play, and what tunes do I play, and then we just did it, and then suddenly we had a gig, and then. That was 15 years ago, and the rest is history. <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, yeah, we're doing lots of concerts, mostly summertime in churches, like folk music concerts. And we, I think we have a good effect on people. We make them happy. So they they call us year after year. <laughs> so doing the same same thing, but we change some <clears throat> tunes. But yeah, that's how our, our collaborations started from the beginning. Welcome to Crossing North, a podcast where we learn from Nordic and Baltic artists, scholars, and community members to better understand our world, our communities, and ourselves. Coming to you from the Scandinavian Studies Department and Baltic Studies Program at the University of Washington in Seattle, I'm your host, Colin Joya Connors. The story of how Pasipasinen and Par Thomas Eriksson met at a municipal music class illustrates one of the substantial ways that Sweden's local governments support musicians and music education. All children in Sweden receive music education in primary school, and in middle school, children often have the choice to specialize in vocal music, instrumental music, ensemble music, or music theory. The philosophy behind music education in Sweden is one that encourages in children freedom of expression, pro-social play, and cross-cultural learning. Beyond public schools, publicly funded municipal art schools give Swedes the opportunity to further their musical learning at a fraction of the cost of private schools. It's all part of a philosophy that prioritizes making music accessible to everyone, regardless of their wealth, and recognizes the importance of music to the welfare of Sweden's citizens and society. The folk music that Pasi and Pautomas play, as well as the social events they play for and the people they play with, perhaps embodies this philosophy of education better than most. 
I spoke with Posse and Pautomas on campus in 2019 before they performed at the Scandia Ball in Seattle to learn more about what makes folk music so special and how they got their start. Well, uh, my story is a bit funny. <laughs> my uncle in Finland, he he made a car deal with some man and the, the, the buyer didn't have that much money. So he just gave an accordion in, in between. And um, then he asked my father, my, why don't you buy this for your son? He, he, maybe he likes to play the accordion. I was five years old when my father asked me, do you, do you want to play the accordion? Yes, what could I say, five years old? But it was so big, I nearly got my nose tip over the accordion, edge of the accordion. So that's how it started. And then I just uh, learned to play by myself. I listened a lot to how my mother sang old Finnish songs from the 40s and 50s, you know, and uh, I started to pick them up. And I, I was gifted. I'm gifted with good ear and understanding. It was so I, I had, I had an easy time just to get learn those. By myself, so but that's how it started. So the accordion chose you. Yes, I had an uh, electric organ first, but uh, it doesn't didn't really. It wasn't my thing. It, I think the accordion is that it's on on you, and you feel that it's it's a part of your body. You can say so. It's a it's alive. The inst- I feel the instrument is alive. So we. We chose each other mutually, I think. It fits me and I can, I feel that I can express myself musically on that instrument just perfectly, so. Same question, Per Thomas. Yes, I was gifted with parents who sang, but they didn't play. And my grandparents sang on both sides and my grandpa Edward was playing the accordion. But I wanted to play guitar as Beatles. As my neighbor, he played guitar from I was three years old and sang. Uh, he was my idol and Beatles too. So I decided to play the guitar and mother and I signed the papers for the music school in Hagfors at the river Klarälven in Värmland. But I couldn't play it. It was a long queue. So I had to have the second choice and it was just a coincidence that I choose fiddle and now I thank everything for that I chose that instrument so it was lucky for me yeah I I grew up listening to the Beatles and when I uh, first learned an instrument I also wanted to be just like the Beatles (laughs) and so I I imagine that yeah you must have had a lot of desire to want to play guitar and to become like the Beatles Uh, 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 but once you started playing fiddle what attracted you to, or what? why did you stay with it? Do you know what? I was not gifted with the ear. I sang with my parents and grandparents, but I was not gifted to play an instrument easily, so I have struggled a lot. So I'm surprised, and I think often about that, that I get on, because I told my mother, now I quit. I say to my teacher, I, can't, I, I give back to my borrowed violin, but I, w- I didn't have the guts to s- tell him. He was so severe with a tie and, and a suit, old man. So I get back to the house with a new homework week after week. But then after a year, I had a new teacher. And then I had a new teacher. Six teachers during my 
earlier educations, and all of them had something good. And they sent me to a course on one week at Ransetter, a big festival of folk music. They come from whole Sweden. Uh, there I had the first week, and then I was caught with folk music because playing without notes, playing for dancing, singing along, knowing the history, meeting old, old fiddlers, and I wanted to be like them. So I started to practice. Maybe I could ask you the, the same question. What attracts you to, to folk music now? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I think I've always played some th- uh, music that uh, connects to folk music. It, it's a music of the instrument in one way, although the fiddle music is much older and it, it's most of the music is written on fiddle. But I think it was when I was in college that I really got to play. I I had friends who went to the folk music track and uh, I wanted that too. So I, I chose to do some some folk music course and I was caught there. And uh, I didn't know who these young fellows were at that time, but they're really good musicians today. And uh, well, I was caught, caught in that and I just followed it. And I've been playing uh, music from various countries, and it's the same thing. You just end up playing it mm. <laughs> in s- somehow, and and you then you starting. Uh, I think it's curiosity. Uh, if uh, if I if I really think about it, that how how do they feel this music? What what is the connection? I, and it's a it's a way of getting to know another culture by playing their music, their folk music. And uh, it's the same thing with the Swedish folk music. I wasn't aware of that before I got to play with real good musicians. And then, wow, this is great. This is good music. It's groovy. I want to do it also. What can I do with that, my instrument? And I, uh, I tried to express myself in that. Hmm. And with Swedish folk music, there are a lot of different regional variations. Is that right? <clears throat> yes, there are uh, lots of regional variations. Um, Although the places don't, uh, they, it can it doesn't have to be so far away like in miles, but but maybe there's a river that that uh, makes it hard to get or was hard before to get from, to meet each other or uh, big woods in the way. So the the small villages just got their own language or, or own dialect. Mm-hmm. The same songs, but uh, or similar songs, but played. With a little twist from this and that, and and those who are really into it, they they can tell by just hearing one or two bars. Ah, this is a Helsinki song. No, this is a Mura Polska. This is a, a Vestedalna Polska. You hear it right away. Mm. So, how much of this music can you learn by studying in school? That's a good question. We have community music schools since the sixties in Sweden. And I'm very happy for that. And I I have worked as fiddle teacher, violin teacher for quite many years now. And I do it now again, half time, teaching children, playing. And then I teach them folk music because of teaching their uh, taking up by ears. So we we do it by heart and they we learn the notes too. But first listen and play it after me, please. And the, the tunes are quite catchy. Then I try to vary slow, slower tunes, a little easier, and fast, and they, they follow quite even. Uh, so th- there is possibility to learn if you want to, and it's not expensive. 
Nowadays, they pay forty-five dollars each term. Wow! Wow! <laughs> for so playing, incredibly... for meeting me once a week, twenty minutes. Yeah, learning the fiddle and the folk music. So that's really an opportunity that's open to all children. A, a democratic yeah. opportunity in Sweden that I hope they w w will keep because there is dangers now. The, the hard economics uh, make a change yeah. here how, and there. Yeah. So how important are these schools for teaching the next generation? Very, very important. Mm. We talked about, uh, they talk about in Sweden about uh, the Swedish music export wonder. If if you talk to older artists like ABBA mm. and uh, Roxette and uh, what do we Europe? have more Europe the hard rock band and we have today Ace. Avicii yeah you know and all of those have said that it's thanks for the for the Swedish uh, government and the communities that they provide this uh, it's cheap it's the the music is available for all even the, those who haven't economically have maybe the possibility to do they can attend the music school for a low fee and they can rent or borrow an instrument and a lot of these artists, the top uh, Swedish artists today and before, have said that this is one reason why Swedish music export is so big, you know. Mm. And we we should thank them. Then, uh, getting back to your question about if you can learn the music, also uh, how you can learn this music. In the last decades, some decades back, you can also study this at the college. Uh, and universities, you can study uh, folk music and become a teacher in folk music. Is studying or learning folk music different from learning other kinds of music? Yes, in the way that uh, it it should be orally um, taught, and uh, it's uh, it's a, uh, being aware of the heritage of your music and and uh, it, th there's a responsibility. I think I don't think if everybody agrees with me, but uh, you should have a responsibility of uh, knowing the the old music and and uh, preserving it and developing it. Of course, the, it's it's another way. If you uh, well, it could be the same thing with classical music. Also, you know, you have to know your Mozart. You have to know your Beethoven. If you play the grand piano, so it's uh, it's it's the same thing. But you don't you don't read it from the sheets in first hand. You you, you learn it by heart. You learn it by ear. Yeah. And I felt so free when I was young, meeting the folk music. It was so free. At first it was difficult, but then it was you, you could play along and you took after your teacher. And I do that now. Play one bar or two and then and then soon they can play the whole tune. Mm. Oh, magic. And then I gave them the sheet music so they can practice at home or record it. It's a free, and, and we can we can improvise quite easily, but still keeping the tune traditional and the same tune. But you, you are free to do it, and the freedom, and play for dancing. Uh, you don't do that with classical music. You sit on your chair in your orchestra and, and follows the conductor. He tells you to do. I do what I want to do with the dancers. I'm free with that. So that's the difference. Yeah. Well, um, who are your Beethovens and Mozarts? Um, that's a good question. Yes, yeah, you good. answer that first. That's a really good question. I would say my teachers, who brought me along, putting 
being there on the stage with shaking legs and standing there secure with me. I have so many people to be grateful to. And playmates, three times older than me. They are playing in heaven now. I can I have a full hand or more that I thank very often still because of their gift to me, being idol, being a mentor and a friend. So there are my Beethoven's and so on. I have uh, I've had various uh, I shouldn't say Beethoven and Mozart but <laughs> I have um, um, well you just like uh, for expressing yourself on an instrument I said Astor Piazzolla Argentinian bandoneon master he's uh, made an, a huge impact on me and how you can express yourself and take out the most in of the accordion. Uh, Richard Galliano is one very famous accordionist today, uh, making impact on young accordion players, how to play jazz and, and uh, improvise on the accordion and, and make uh, modern tunes. Uh, Maria Kalaniemi, Finnish accordionist, who is a pioneer in, in uh, Finnish folk music. Uh, it also makes, it's, it's a palette, one of the palettes in my musical jigsaw, <laughs> you know, that I like to do. And I blend all these influences in my own playing. Lots of Irish musicians, Celtic musicians. Um, so, well, there you are. I think in the class you told us that you also compose new music, yes? Yes. Do you consider your compositions to be traditional music or... Can it become traditional music? It it's traditional music because I I it's the base is the rest. So when I improvise and let it go fluently and feel well, then the tunes will appear quite easily. If you want to do that, you open your heart and you the the music will come and has come quite many times. I started in the early years. Maybe another way to ask the question is do you do you write the song thinking this is going to be a Per Thomas song this is going to be the this is going to be a Beatles song like that or if I explain a little uh, I often make music when I want to give away as a gift uh, because people like to have something th- something personal and that's personal that I can give and they, they are very happy on a wedding or 90th birthday or a christening most of my tunes about 30 tunes or something i have composed is like that and then i think about them and i i I just let the music flow and it will come and an important thing that i have realized that don't feel so so tensed about it it mustn't come and it mustn't be an advanced technical tune and it mustn't be a Per Thomas tune or a Pasi tune. It mustn't nothing. I decide what's possible to give away and possible to play. It can be so simple. And that I like with Pasi's music too. Doesn't need to be uh, advanced. It from the heart. And then you will have the Per Thomas touch and the Pasi touch. I have another way of uh, looking at it, but I, I, it's the same thing. I want to give away tunes. Often it's uh, night before 
christening or, or the birthday and I said, shit, I didn't buy the present. I just forgot it. What to do? Well, what's a staff paper? And I just sit down for an hour or two and then then it comes and then it's, it is what it is. <laughs> Often the good thing. But I also know because I've, I've studied and I, I, I teach uh, music theory in uh, in the high school where I, where, where I work every day so I, it's my job to teach the kids how to write music of course there's a lot of strategies you could do so i can think of uh, if it's traditional or not yes i can write a tune in a, a certain style let's say i will learn i will write a slang polska with lo- lots of 16th notes or a triul polska uh, a triplet polska then i write one because i know how to do it and then i use different techniques to construct the melody but uh, if it's good or not that's uh, that, that's in in the in the area of creativity if it if it ends up to be a good melody or not but i can i can construct and i can make it in different styles that's that's uh, the craftsmanship of making music mm. it's not so hard but then if it's a good tune or not that remains to be seen when you played it a couple of times yeah I really like this idea of giving a song to another person. Mm. And I think it emphasizes what you've been saying now in different ways, that this is very social music, that that you can't have the music without people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. We mix uh, when we are out playing concerts and we, we choose tunes we know people like to sing along with and so on. And then we also mix it with our own tunes because it's important to, to be uh, continue to be a creative artist and w- want to, to share our music. If they come to listen to a certain uh, music style, then I'm not important. But if they come to listen to me, I want to tell them something about me. I want to present something about myself. Hmm. Otherwise, it, you can just, uh, it could be anybody. Hmm. So I think it's it's important to be personal because it affects the people also. You reach out to them hmm. with your music. Well, maybe I can ask a, a different question then about the dancing, because you said how important that is with the music. Do you dance as well? Or do you, as musicians, sit in the corner and just play your music? What's the interaction between you and people who dance? In my case, I dance very little. I'm usually stuck up playing the music. <laughs> but uh, I know to dance somewhat. I have danced a little. So I I know. And I, I of, of course, I feel the beat and I feel... And I watch the dance. It's a communication, not only listening, but it's also watching the dancers move. And if if you feel that they are happy, if they are in a groove, then you see, okay, now I'm having the right beat. We're having a communication. But as a dancer, no, I don't dance. I play. Mm. <laughs> I I can't sit still. <laughs> I dance when I play, and when I'm not playing and listen to others, mostly I I'm I must up on the floor. But I play mostly. So uh, home, I don't go for dances. I don't have the time because I play so much and I do other things with my family. And so, But I like dancing. Mm. And I teach children to dance because it's a good way to socialize and think that all people are equal holding a hand of another. And those who dance in the class, those will not uh, hit another person. That's my experience. It teaches empathy. It teaches 
empathy yeah. and understanding to yes. other people. Is uh, is dance then a, a gateway into playing music to becoming a musician? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that I started with dancing here in Seattle and Vancouver. They would play. I started with dancing and then I started to play. And now I do both, they say. They have time to do it both. Or the other way. I started to play, but playing, it's so much uh, practice and dancing too, of course. But perhaps they get stuck to the instrument more. Mm. Perhaps, yeah. yeah. Um, good question. Well, uh, what have I forgotten to ask? That's a good question too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Have you forgotten something, particularly Pasi? Yeah. Uh, this international thing, thinking perhaps because we we don't we we love I love to to meet people abroad, and then you realize your own identity. I just love uh, to have that mixture. I, I like to meet other nations, style and people, and 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 they like my. And then you get happy and. You don't need any language because only by music has to say hello and know you're a dancer, a singer, a musician. You know each other. That's a, ma- that's a magic thing. Mostly, I have felt that for many years. Going to Scotland, States. I was in California last year teaching at the camp. Denmark, Norway, Finland. Japan, I played and different countries. And Pasi too. We, we don't mention all of them. Yes, it's, um, as I said before, that uh, getting to know another culture through music mm. is a great way of doing it. And uh, learning, if you give yourself the time to find out what is this music that I don't understand? How can I can I perform? The, yes, if I can perform the music, then I have learned something from another culture, and then the reaction will come from if they should be from Turkey, for instance. Oh, you play Turkish music, but you're from Sweden. How how come? Well, I'm interested in in this music, and I say, yo, that's that's incredible. That, and we feel the same thing when we come here to the to Seattle and we see these uh, Scandia dancers, and they know mm. perhaps more of this old Swedish traditional music than we do. Like, oh, do you know this? Yes, and they have seen all the famous fiddlers. So they have brought them here for workshops and oh, and travel to Sweden. Yeah, going they, on they camps. Travel to Sweden. And say, oh, wow, every second what year an effort. Yeah. Is that so? Sometimes you underestimate your own culture because it's not exotic to you because li- you live in it. But then, then you, but you, if you understand that uh, the effect on people when you are willing to be curious about other people, like who are you? What what do you th- what do you think? How do you, what do you eat? How do you clothe? What do you listen to? What kind of music do you love? And then, then you have an ex- exchange, and that's that's the way to get to know another culture. Be open-minded, and be curious, and try to get the meaning in between. That's how I look at it. And uh, do you uh, do you know Gordon Tracy? He isn't alive. He he died in 1988, but 1949, 
He started Scandia Folk Dance Society here in Seattle after being in Sweden and Norway and felt so happy about that dancing. So he didn't anything else his whole whole life. He bought recordings and brought back every money he had. All money he had went to that. And now on Saturday, we are honored to play at the Scandia Folk Dance Society that he started in 49, 70 years ago at Scandia Ball. At, at the Swedish club and we are going to play for dancing there that's why we're here partly and we have been here now for more than a week have you ever gone to another country and encountered music where you're like oh that's just like this kind of thing that we play back home ever been surprised by similarities like that or I've been yeah well one occasion I can see just I was uh, in in Turkey, uh, you know, I'm from Finland. In Finland, tango is the most uh, common thing. We we think the Finnish tango is really a uh, mm-hmm. super super uh, Finnish thing. Um, then I was to Turkey for some years ago, and uh, I discovered that in Turkey they felt the same thing. Tango is really that's a Turkish tradition. I was I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Turkey and they play the same songs the same songs made by Argentinian uh, composers in the 1930s 40s and the same arrangements but now they sing in Turkish it's totally weird but the same same arrangements and the same songs and me as I felt the Finnish tango is the core that's that's the origin but it's not. It's the most most exotic thing. In when the tango, the dance of t- tango music uh, had the two hundred years anniversary in uh, Argentina, they made a big uh, encyclopedia of tango. If you read in that, I haven't read it, but I have gotten this told to me. And you you look in the chapter of Finnish tango, they re- they write that this is the most exotic and weird thing ever. You know. Uh, so that's one way to see that. Yes, that, that that music is everywhere. The tango is everywhere, and every country has adopted it, like the tradition. And it was the dance that made it, the the da- tango dance that was a fashion dance in the 1910s, 1920s, just spreading all over the world. That's one thing. Um, now, it, well, tango is not a Finnish, but it, it, it has become a Finnish National dance, everybody dances and sings tango in Finland. Yeah, so now it's part of the traditional music. Uh, it sure is, yeah. yes. And they they have they have tango competitions, they have tango dance competitions, they uh, annually they, they vote for the, it's like the American Idol, you know, but they, they have this tango idol composition. So when they, they crown the, the tango queen and tango king of the year, and when they win that, they will have gigs for two or three years ahead, just signed up. It's so weird. <clears throat> and uh, the, the, uh, you even can call yourself, I'm a tango musician, not just a musician playing tango. I'm a tango musician. Yeah, so that, that's your occupation. <laughs> it's, a, it's very weird. Did you... Um, I, you said that your parents sang for you when you were young. Did they ever sing tango songs for you? Oh yes. Oh, because that's that was like the the pop tunes in Finland. In that way, the tango, tango is in Finland. That's uh, those older tunes were much about longing and much about love. And Finnish people, they uh, usually the the 
you see Finnish people like quiet and not not really talkative, you know. But I think uh, uh, they have a lot of emotions. Yes, they have, and they show lo- it too. Lots of emotions, and they show it in the dance, and they show it in the lyrics. And and the Finnish people, I don't know now, but before they all loved to sing along, and they knew the lyrics, and and it's it's important to them. So yes. The, the, it's it's a part of the national identity, and Finland is a young country. It's, it just had its 100th birthday. It's, it's just 100 years old. The whole country. So, so you, they have during these hundred years tried to find out what is the nation, what what who are we, what kind of nation are we, and I think music and art matters there very much. And tango, well, I don't know how it come in, but it has. They have uh, embraced the, that music and that music style. I think with Americans that part of our self-identity is to be very loud and friendly and outgoing. But I noticed when you played that I think that we Americans still keep some of our emotions inside and we're waiting for someone just to come and give us permission to let it out. Ah. And I and – I, We saw, don't ask for it. No, but I saw it when you played that <laughs> we that, ask give away <laughs> that that you that you that you brought. Uh, I think so. Yeah, such good like energy to people. Yes, thank you. I thought it was very. And good. the pupils mm-hmm. liked it. I think they opened their hearts. Yes. Yeah. Is this an experience that you have in Sweden a lot? Do you feel that Swedish people are are as reserved as people say that they are? They can be. They are too. Yeah. yeah. All, all people are different, and a lot of people don't feel secure about let let it go singing and, and dancing and, and just yeah there's a famous expression in Sweden it's called the jante law it's like yeah. uh, and the the law means the jante law that uh, don't think that don't, you are something yeah no, you're you are nothing <laughs> no. if you oh, think you're good at it don't, don't be better than other and who are another. you to say that you are something better than anyone else you shouldn't say that no. and it's in the that's uh, um uh, uh, drives through the 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 people mm. that it's it's an unspoken law we they say that you should you should uh, express yourself do that but mm. Always, then you have some someone sitting on your other shoulder saying, "No, don't. You shouldn't sing. Maybe you're not that good anyway. You know, yeah. You shouldn't go to. You shouldn't. Call, you shouldn't call up that person just because you like him or her. No, don't do it. It's not. You shouldn't perform. You shouldn't. And even I can feel. Go and so, hide. I can feel it sometimes when I've I've been uh, um, performing. And the audience is like applauding. Yeah, that was so nice. Thank you very much. And I said, "Well, that was nothing. I mean, come on, you don't say that for real, and you you just don't embrace that." So yeah, yantilog is a very negative thing. Yeah. But don't you think, Parsi, that music helps us to to not feel the yantilog? It helped me a lot because singing, you must you it you can you must get it out. And if you want to sing and you can't be quiet, then the music and it's music. Everyone loves some sort of music, so music has helped me a lot about the yantelo. Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe we're not typical Swedish. <laughs> Perhaps not. <laughs> But <laughs> a uh, mixture of uh, different. 
But of course, as you said, that uh, maybe maybe you need a driver, something who just yeah. wakens you up, mm. and uh, yeah, just someone to give you the permission, yeah, to, to start tapping your foot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, can we do that? <laughs> is it okay? Nobody's. Yeah, maybe it's that. And was it okay to ask the teacher for a dance? Do you think? Oh, of course. As I did. Yeah. Spontaneously, she she said uh, afterwards, like, "Oh, I I couldn't say yes. I'm a married woman. Yeah. She's my wife. Yeah. So I'm okay with it. <laughs> and uh, and the pupils think, went I happy. I think it's good. She need. I asked her to go dancing with me, and she and she says, "Oh no, I'm young she, 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 she has yeah, a young. I think she has the antelope on, on her uh, yes, shoulders. Yes, she, uh, that's that that." Uh, narrows people's minds and and yeah it's it's not a good thing if it's if you have too much of it of course it would be chaotic if everybody just wanted to yell out and everyone wants to sing yes. and then you will have another kind of society <laughs> yes. but but uh, sometimes it restrains people too much and uh, mm. and they um, you hold back your dreams mm. you ha- hold mm. back your uh, inner wishes to Maybe express yourself in art or, or writing or whatever. So you should. We we have, as teachers, both of us, we have the, the responsibility to, to be the drivers in that matter. And maybe we do that when we play also. That we encourage people to, come on, do the clapping, do the, come on, let's dance, let's have a good time together. How is it like working with children? I work do with. They, do they have the antelopes sitting on their shoulder? Do what? Do children? Yeah, have? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, some of them are. Some, of, but we call that that they're shy, and if that that shy shy person or reserved person uh, gets to grow in in them, they will become shy persons as adults also. But you never know what happens. But I think uh, small children, as I teach them, eight nine years old, they are often. Very open, open, natural. They're, they, they want to. You, you, you feel that mm. you can connect with them directly. Mm. They don't have any. If, if they, if I show that I like them to being there and they're comfortable, they will tell you that back, and that's very nice. Mostly, in my time I teach with uh, uh, high school students in music, and there's another one. Then the jantelog is really getting into effect to try to put a 16-year-old girl or a boy on a stage and sing for the first time performing and they they are going nuts you know the of nervosity and i you have to be there and try to support them all the way and say this is going to get great and even if it fails you have to just you know and that's another one we are important there i think we're it's in a, and i like um, to teach before the antelo appears So I catch them very early. I teach younger uh, children and try to to let them uh, be natural whole life, hopefully, mm. going on being a child yeah. in heart and soul. Never stop that. Yeah. I think I'm out of questions. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Shall we play some music? Yeah. 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 Okay. That was really good conversation. Really Thank good. you both. Thank, Thank you, you for yeah. asking. Yeah. So this, these uh, three tunes, we play a set of Halling. Halling is a Norwegian uh, macho dance 
for especially for the men who can do it's a very acrobatic dance and uh, we'll play three hullings from Värmland our province yes you can tell about the first is from Hupsi Kersti that didn't play fiddle they asked her to sing if they had no fiddler and she came and she was quite old later on and she played on her lips and that was okay and she sang old tunes and we have two tunes left from her luckily this is a howling from Hupsi Kersti first and then another and the, the third one is from Halteguten he just live on the border on the Norwegian side he was he was magic the best fiddler on Finnskogen in the Finnish Swedish forests
Thanks. You liked it. That was great. Thanks. Incredible. Yes. So uh, let's do uh, uh, one more piece then. Yeah. The new one. The November. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Don't you think so? Okay. Here yeah. we go. So this piece I wrote two years ago. It's called the thirtieth of November, uh, and it was for a local church. They had a party for all the volunteer workers. Uh, old people and uh, and those no, those who work in the church community, and we were uh, we were invited to play at their Christmas party, the annual party for all these. Uh, so I thought, yes, I want to make a tune for it. In what it was on that date, and I was playing with two friends that also play some Celtic music. So I made a a tune that. Got in that a uh, little of that vibe also in this uh, modern Värmland music with some Celtic uh, influences maybe and Pasi Hot. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, that was it. That was great. Thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you so much. Crossing North is a production of the Scandinavian Studies Department and Baltic Studies Program at the University of Washington in Seattle. Today's episode was written, edited, and produced by me, Colin Joya Connors. Today's music was used with permission by Posse Posinen and Par Thomas Eriksson, and also Christian Ranar Paulsen. Visit scandinavian.washington.edu to learn more about the podcast and other exciting projects hosted by the Scandinavian Studies Department. If you are a current or prospective student, consider taking a course or declaring a major. You can find complete course listings for the Scandinavian Studies Department and Baltic Studies Program at scandinavian.washington.edu. Once again, that's scandinavian.washington.edu.